the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today on this fine afternoon. Great to be with you. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 2557. We are actively processing the scene at Club, Club Q. Initial evidence and interviews indicate that the suspect entered Club, Club Q and immediately began shooting at people inside as he moved further into the club. While the suspect was inside of the club, at least two heroic people inside the club confronted and fought with the suspect and were able to stop, stop the suspect from continuing to kill and harm others. We owe them a great debt of thanks. That was Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez. And he's talking about what has become an all too familiar scene, a mass shooting and that happened there. And I noted here, though, that he decided to be thankful for the heroes who were there, who subdued the shooter who made this tragedy into something that was uh, at least less, uh, less horrific. And here's the question. We have all kinds of things going on. In the world today, so many different things. How do we remain thankful during such times? How do you in your life, when there are difficulties going on, it's Thanksgiving week or any other time, and how do you remain thankful? Give us a call, 888-528-2557. If you'd like to join this conversation, 888-528-2557. You can call now. How do you remain thankful during these times? You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. There are so many sad things going on. We have this mass shooting in Colorado Springs, and we have the murder of University of Virginia students that is just shocking. Uh, I don't know if you've you've seen that. They're still looking for the, the shooter, but it's tragic. That was the university that had that first, one of those first big mass shootings a few years ago, uh, University of Virginia. And I know some people who are part of that. They don't get over it. They They deal with it every year emotionally, as you would when you go through those kinds of things. There's a murder investigation into four University of Idaho students believed to have been stabbed to death while sleeping in their beds in Moscow, Iowa, or Iowa, Idaho. People who live in Idaho, they live, they wear these T-shirts that have a, a shape of the state of Idaho, and it says Iowa underneath it because people don't know where that is. But it's north of us, and uh, you know this is a it's a scary story. There's only twenty six thousand people in that town, and they don't know who did it, and it was a horrific thing. There's all kinds of these stories going on, and some of them are, are smaller, you know, as far as the number of people. A couple were beaten at the Elton John concert at Dodger Stadium in the parking lot because of a scuffle after a minor traffic incident. And then there are things that are that are not crimes, probably. We're going to learn more, I think, about it. But uh, although Sheriff recruits in Whittier, and we're praying for the, those families who were run over by a wrong-way driver, 
And I think we're going to hear from uh, this this kid who who did it uh, and and maybe try to get his story. We'll look at that maybe a little bit tomorrow. You know, that's just a few. Those, these are all just in the last few days. And that doesn't include all of the different stories that we're not hearing about that don't make the news either because they're just not as sensational. There's all kinds of things that will drive the news for different reasons. And you're going through things in your life that are hard. Lots of people are. How do we remain thankful during that? Isn't that something that I think is important? Throughout the whole scriptures, we are taught to be thankful. And if I could throw something out at you as it's Thanksgiving week, we there's a reason it's Thanksgiving and not just thanks being. We call it Thanksgiving and not thanks being. So you can be very thankful, but you, you're kind of holding that to yourself. Thanksgiving is where it's more active. You take time to actually give thanks. You actually take time to say thank you to somebody or to acknowledge the Lord for the things that you are thankful for. You take times like this uh, police officer did in Colorado Springs who took time to give thanks for the heroes who prevented that tragedy from being a lot worse. And I think there is an art to that. There is something that in this fallen world, it's important for all of us that we take time to be, to remain thankful and to express that thankfulness, it matters. It has a lot to do with our testimony as Christians. You're listening to Southern California Live. You can join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How do you remain thankful during really difficult times? you have thought about that, give us a call, 888-528-2557. You know, we live in an interesting time, I think, historically. But something that is always true And this is something I think might be key to the Thanksgiving that the church should have, not just during Thanksgiving time when we have the holiday, but all year round. Every generation has to work out their response to the issues of their day. Every generation has to do that. There's always different issues. There's always different things going on. We're living in a time where our nation is certainly deeply divided. Some people think it's as bad now as it was before the Civil War. And, you know, we have a lot of, you know, frankly, unserious politicians about it. Uh, We have some serious ones. We have some very unserious ones, meaning that, you know, what I mean is they're not proposing new things in order to make changes. And that gets very, very frustrating. And in the meantime, the the citizenry is arming itself at a record pace. And it's not good. And... But there's something historically, I think, that we can understand. And this matters for us if you are a believer, if you're part of the church, if you're thinking about how do we remain thankful when things are tough, when sometimes it seems hard to figure out what to be thankful for. In the 18th and 19th centuries, historically, almost all of Europe had bloody revolutionary wars. It's it's really interesting to look at that, but Britain didn't. And most historians, and I'm talking about secular historians here, okay, not pastors or Christian historians, but most secular historians would say that revolution didn't happen in England because of what was called the Methodist revival. In our country, we had many revivals that changed the course of our our nation. They had them in Britain, too. They've had them in, in countries all across the world and every continent at different times. But the interesting thing about this is that instead of revolution— which is what was going on in in France and in multiple other countries in Europe, Britain didn't go through it. And instead, they went through a time of renewal and revitalization. And here's the key to it. 
that time of renewal and revitalization, which they needed. During that period of time, they got rid of slavery. They got rid of uh, lots of other things that were bad, and they began to to modernize and become a culture that would, that treated each other better. This time of renewal and revitalization was led by the church. It didn't come from government. It didn't come from certain people winning a certain election or a king back then making a certain edict, you know, that was a good thing. Instead, it came from the church. Inside was this revolution that didn't take up arms. Instead, it renew. It was about renewal. It was about repentance. It was about turning back to Christ, and it was led by the church. It's an amazing thing. So let me ask you this. Wouldn't it be incredible if that was our story today? If you and I are here right now in this culture where everything is weird, wouldn't it be incredible? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if the reason that God put us here now is so that we, as God's church, would lead in renewal and revitalization? and repentance, and the change in our country. All the different things, the division and the the horrific violence and all this other stuff that we're seeing that is so frustrating. Wouldn't it be incredible if, if historians 100 or 200 or 300 years from now would say, hey, the reason that the United States didn't collapse under all of this stuff is because there was revival in the church. And that's, I think, something for us to, to ask and and something I think for us to think about, because I'm wondering, as I say that, how many of us feel like that's not possible? How many of us feel like that's that's just not something that we're going to do, so I don't even want to think about it? I think we have to. So here's, here's a question. You know, over the last 15 years, I think for people who are in the church especially, maybe we think about this. How has the landscape of our cities changed in the last 15 years, last 15 or 20 years? You know, we have so many different things happening that are maybe new in our life. We have new questions and challenges about issues like immigration or guns. We have marriage redefined. We have education suffering. We are, I heard one person say that we're in a post-literate society. That's completely backwards from how it should be. It used to be that most people were illiterate and there were only a few educated few who could actually read and then would have to teach and and they would become the aristocrats and the people with power and whatever because they could read. And then it became a period of time where everybody could learn how to read and it was the rise of the middle class and the rise of the regular person. And now we're at this place where we have such a small number of people graduating with the education enough to, to read well or to read at an adult level. That's a big deal. That's a big change for our country in the last, maybe it's been 30 or 40 years that it's taken for that to happen. We have increasing strife between communities. We have had a 20-year war that basically has ended about terrorism that had a very confusing and frustrating end to it. We have had a lack of confidence in the government. We have this at record highs, an increase in divorce, an increase in the troubles of our society's institutions. And all of these things are happening on our watch. They're happening while we are here. So how do we respond to that? I think, I happen to believe that the church has so much tremendous, tremendous ability to make change with the gospel of Christ. 
because I believe when people get saved, they get the Holy Spirit and it changes their life. And then it changes the lives of people around them as they get saved. This is something that happens in revival. Revival is not people figure out the best political policies to put in place. Revival is people kneel before God and confess their sin before God and begin to realize this. I think this is something that is very likely part of God's plan for right now. But we have to really ask ourselves, do we think we're the right people for it? You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557. Thanksgiving week, how do you remain thankful? How do we remain thankful when things are difficult out there? Maybe just difficult in our country. Maybe they're difficult in your own personal life for various reasons. 888-528-2557 is the number. Here's a disturbing quote from uh, the late John Stott. Um, John Stott wrote something called Human Rights and Human Wrongs. And this is what he says in it. And I think this is a challenge. This is a challenge for us as believers. All right, he says this. Our Christian habit is to bewail the world's deteriorating standards with an air of rather self-righteous dismay. It's a British guy. He talks, you know, in this kind of English. We criticize its violence, dishonesty, immorality, disregard for human life, and materialistic greed. The world is going down the drain, we say with a shrug. But whose fault is it? Who is to blame? And he said, let me put it like this. If the house is dark when nightfall comes, there is no sense in blaming the house, for that is what happens when the sun goes down. The question to ask is, where is the light? If the meat goes bad and becomes inedible, and there is no sense in blaming the meat, for that is what happens when bacteria are left alone to breed. The question to ask is, where is the salt? Just so, if society deteriorates and its standards decline till it becomes like a dark night or stinking fish, there is no sense in blaming society, for that is what happens when fallen men and women are left to themselves, and human selfishness is unchecked. The question to ask is, where is the church? Why are the salt and light of Jesus Christ not permeating and changing our society? It is sheer hypocrisy on our part, John Stott says. It is sheer hypocrisy on our part to raise our eyebrows, shrug our shoulders, and wring our hands. The Lord Jesus told us to be the world's salt and light. If, therefore, darkness and rottenness abound, it is our fault, and we must accept the blame. That's a pretty powerful charge for us. How do you feel about that? Is the collapse of our society, the deterioration of our institutions, including the institution of the church? Do we spend too much time blaming society for that and not saying, how can we be better for salt and light? I think that's what we should do. I think that in the church, we need to take a look at ourselves and go, hey, Jesus said we're the salt and light. He didn't say vote for the salt and light. He said you are the salt and light. Uh, He didn't say the pastors and the deacons, if they are are chosen right and continue to follow the Lord, they're the salt and light. He said everybody who's part of the church is salt and light. So I think there is something to this, and maybe it's something that, that we can be thankful for. Here's what I think we can be thankful for during this time when things are really difficult. We can be thankful that we're alive during this time. I don't know if you think about it that way, but I think I think the Lord has great plans. Obviously, he's got a plan for bringing about salvation, for ultimately the return of Christ. There are things that are above whatever it is that the church can accomplish because, you know, if this is the end times, well, that's the end. But we don't know that. 
And instead, what we should continue to be in any circumstance until our days are done is the salt and light that Jesus told us we were in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. We should be thankful that we're alive in this time. Are you thankful that you're alive in this time? I think that the reason we can be thankful is because actually, if in all this talk you're thinking, I don't know if the church can do it. I don't know if this is a, a time for revival. I don't know if the you know, if if the generations in the church that divide over all kinds of things, if we can do it. I think, rather, we are. And the reason I think that is because God put us here now. I don't think God made a mistake by putting you and me and all the believers that you know in the world at this time. I think we have a calling, a calling to be salt and light. And I think there's a place where that begins with our thankfulness. We thank God that he called us to this world right now. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557 if you'd like to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. I like this idea. So what can we do? The idea of we can be thankful that we're alive at this time. God put us here on purpose in a crumbling society to be salt and light. There are so many things I think that maybe we fret about, so many things that might be going wrong even in our own families. I mean, maybe when we look at it and we're talking about a national perspective and the kind of big revivals that prevented bloody wars and revolutions, maybe that gets a little bit overwhelming for us. So let me break it down to just the people who are in your relational world. You probably are experiencing some kind of brokenness in your life or you're around people who are dealing with lots of hurt and pain and difficult things. Do you believe that you are called to be in their life on purpose? I think that you probably are. 888-528-2557. Let's go to the phones now. Jackie and Compton, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, hi. Um, This is Jack. I wanted to get involved in this conversation. Um, uh, this is amazing that you brought this up today because I've been going through some struggles right now with my life and with everything that's going on in this world. And I went to church yesterday hmm. and I saw the bigger picture. And what I need to be thankful for is that just what you were just saying a couple of seconds ago, that I'm alive. I'm here for a purpose. And my pastor was saying, you know, that it's, it's all about learning about the Word, growing in the Lord, so it's sanctifying us, and then sharing it. Our job as, as a Christian is to share it, not to worry about if they accept the Lord or not, but to plant that seed, scatter the seed, which is the Word of the Lord. Mm. And that's, when you brought this up today, I was like, you know, my Thanksgiving might not go as well as I want it to, plan-wise. It really probably isn't going to, but I'm going to keep my eyes above on God, on the word. Yeah. And I know, I know he will direct me where I need to be. And that's what I'm thankful for. Just that I have God and, and, and just, I need to go out there whenever I can and just talk about the Lord, bring it up in conversation and live my life as best as I can being a good person. And yeah. So I I like this conversation. This is a great topic. Well, thank you, Jackie. Thank you for letting me share. Yeah, you're welcome, Jackie. Thank you. and Thanks for listening and for calling. You know, she went to church and realized, you know, she should be thankful that she's here at this time. 
And Jackie said her Thanksgiving plans may not work out. You know, that's a bummer when that happens. But maybe the reason that they're not going to work out is because there's something else that God has planned that's important. And I think we can respond to that. That's one of the ways we can be thankful in whatever circumstance we have is that God has plans. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. How can we be thankful even in a time when things are difficult, when we're living in a strange time? Maybe you're just experiencing things in your own life that are hard. How do we remain thankful? Uh, Ray and Whittier, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hi. Hi, Ray, go ahead. I just, yeah, I had a question. What do you think, uh, I think, I mean, me personally, I, it seems like a lot of people go to that go to church um, are, aren't really focusing on, uh, like John the Baptist, like preparing people for the Holy Spirit and kind of, uh, you know, I've let a, I've brought a lot of people, friends to to church in the past twenty four years, and you know, at the last minute thing, hey, come join me mid service, uh, midweek service or Sunday, and they they went up on the altar call, but they never. It, you know, they never received the gift. They just kind of stayed in their own, uh, you know, they went back to their old ways, whatever, but I never actually changed their old ways or didn't receive the spirit. So I'm wondering if we should be more like teaching, like asking, preparing people and asking them if they're ready to die to the world, if they're ready to make these changes that are, that we should be changing and explain to them. If they say no, then say, well, if you're ever ready, you can come back, but at least start building churches on the, on that, on that foundation of receiving the Holy Spirit and, and having a, their own relationship with God. You know, Ray, I think it's, uh, it's something interesting that you bring up, and thanks for calling Southern California Live. Churches, we all need, and Christians, not just churches, but the church, capital C Church, Christians, I think that part of revival and something we can be thankful for is that we're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And I think we get off that page sometimes. We get into the routines of church. We get into going on Sunday and we got the the youth group or the small group and we have the different programs. And those things are good if they are helping us make disciples, if they are helping us develop. And you mentioned John the Baptist, if they are helping us uh, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. But if the church isn't leading first the people who are going to church to be more like Jesus, and then the people in our relational world that God has placed around us to be more like Jesus, then we're, we're missing the point here. What I think, and I got to take a break and I'll come back for your calls. I think that we have this opportunity to remember that we are the salt and light. And the way that we can remain thankful is to be thankful, number one, that we're here right now. And thankful, just like you said, that we can acknowledge, hey, there's some places where we need to change, where we need to refocus our efforts in the right place. And maybe this is what God is doing right now in the church. I tend to think it is because he's stirring things up so much that this is a time where the church is going to get focused on the right things. I got to take a break. We'll come back for your calls. You can join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live Monday. Good to be here with you. We're asking this question, how do you remain thankful even when it is a 
difficult era that we live in with so much tragedy and heartache and frustration and weirdness. How do we remain thankful as a church? And we were talking about how we are called to be salt and light and what would happen if we do that more. And it turns out that the reason we can be thankful is that we can be thankful that we're alive at this time because God plans on using us for big things. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Monique in Westwood, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, hello. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, um, hello. I'd like to pray that the Holy Spirit speak through me now and um, speak to your audience and send the message we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. The churches have not led all of the body of Christ because they're tied up with the 501c3. They're serving two gods. You cannot serve two gods. Money, Baal, the Christian Catholicism is worship to Baal. They're the biggest <clears throat> child pedophile uh- pornography. And so we, as a body of Christ, we need to be strong. The Lord promises, he says, that if you stand by him, he says that there will be trials. But with Christ, through Christ at Calvary, we can, through all things, are possible. So we have to be steadfast as the body of Christ, grateful through the trials. He says, my child, when you come to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for trials. Be sincere of heart and steadfast, and do not be impetuous in the time of adversary. Cling to him and do not leave him. All right, and what does that what does that mean for us practically speaking? That means that we are going through the Red Sea moment, and that we must not murmur in our sufferings but we must praise him. He's bringing the manna through the desert, and the Red Sea is open. We will see blessings like never before. He says, hang on, my children. Hang on. All right, Monique, I I see where you're going. I thank you for your call there. I think that, you know, there's there's a lot of blessing in, in going through the stuff, even if it's hard. And the revival that we need to have, it's going to happen with repentance. It's going to happen with the church being the church, uh, being the church, biblically speaking, and uh, loving other people. Uh, I'll get you a verse on that here pretty soon. I want to get to your calls, though. The number is 888-528-2557. John in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes. Go ahead, John. My name is Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was listening to your program yesterday, and I got this idea from your radio station. I didn't think of it at all. And there was someone stating that they are thankful for things like the dirt, which makes the bread, Mm. the trees that makes the fruit. And she went on and on and on how she could be so thankful for her eyes, for her ears, for her heart for every little detail that God has provided. And I thought about that and thought about that. And I was like, wow, that's a revelation to be thankful just so I can speak. Yeah. So I can see all the little details that God has provided. I can think straight. And I was like, 
ooh, I have so much to be thankful for and so much to apologize for for being so greedy. Mm. And I'm going to try harder to be more thankful. And that's all I wanted to say. John, that's a great call, and uh, thank you very much for calling and listening to Southern California Live. You know, we take a lot of things for granted, don't we? I was leading this uh, prayer night. I used to be pastor for a young adult group. And so we're at the beach at a bonfire, maybe 150 young adults. And we were, you know, asking people to share what they're thankful for. And, you know, it was one of those things where people didn't really want to share much. You know, sometimes that that happens. And I, But I remember I was getting particularly frustrated because I thought there's plenty of things for us to be thankful for. And there was a single mom there who had a little girl and she was four or five years old. And she puts up her hands, and I remember distinctly seeing the the bonfire flames behind me reflecting in her eyes as she put up her little hand. And I said, yeah, what are you thankful for? And she said she's thankful for her mommy, for breathing. She said she's thankful for air. She's thankful for the sand. She's thankful for the water. She's thankful and all the stuff. And she broke everybody's heart. Everybody started crying because this little girl showed us all up about how there are so many things for us to be thankful for that we just kind of overlook it. And that is something that is, you know, in the midst of even difficulties, there is something that we can find to be thankful for. And we can be thankful that we are alive in this time because God plans to use us in the lives of people that he has placed in our relational world. I believe that revival is possible and likely if we do that. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557. How do we remain thankful uh, during a time like this or during struggles that we might go through? 888-528-2557 is the number. Ken in Monterey Park, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Yes, I think back to the verse in Thessalonians where it says, Pray, uh, pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances, for mm. this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And so it's just that simple, right? I mean, regardless of the times, regardless of the circumstance, just to always give thanks. Yeah, and you're right about that. It's giving thanks in all circumstances. Right. Uh, and then pr- whether it was Paul was in prison or whether we're going through trials or struggles, if we can just be thankful for that trial or thankful for whatever yeah. we're going through, then the peace of God will will come upon us as, as we as we do that. Yeah. Now, how do we do that, Jen? How do we, if we're going through a really big struggle, um, well, how do we be thankful in that really hard moment? Well, trials are what brings us close to God in the end. I mean, this is why we have them. And just to let the trial have its full effect in us so that the, the, the purpose of the trial, we'll see the result of it when we remain steadfast, hanging on, not letting go realizing that God is at work in us and for us because it's all all for our own good. All right, Jan, I appreciate that. And you're right about that. I think that, um, I think, uh, I think that uh, one of the things that um, is interesting about this is that when, and one of the reasons that discipleship matters so much is that if you're kind of older one of the ways that you help people get through these hard times is that you can share that you've gone through them already. I think it's hard for us to suddenly take a look at at what it is that, uh, you know, we have a tragedy come happen in our life or a difficult time the first time. It's hard to know how God is still with us and how to be thankful if we haven't gone through that before. But when you get older, you have gone through those times before, and you've gone through those deep valleys before, and you've come out on the other side, and you've grown, and you trust the Lord more 
this is another reason that it matters for any of us who are older, and everybody's older than somebody, right? I mean, you can disciple people. They don't necessarily have to be younger than you, but it tends to be more likely. You can walk people through different phases of life and show them how to trust God, even though they don't have that experience yet, and then help them with that. That's a big part of uh, walking with the Lord. 888-528-2557. Jan and Escondido, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Lovely to talk to you. Um, I was excited to hear what you said about we're here um, at such a time to help God change this planet, basically, that's what you were saying. And that really resonated with me because Mm. I truly believe that I am here to make a difference at this time, um, to show the world that God is real. He has power, and he's given us power to go out, make disciples, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, and get people filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, the church needs to go back to repentance. We need to have more repentance in the church. Um, it's not We're not just a Sunday club. Um, we're here to fall on our knees and repent for the life we're living, an, an effective life to the world. We're not showing the world that we, we serve a powerful God, mm. so they see no reason to become Christians because we're not demonstrating that power on a daily basis. We need to be out there on the streets manifesting the power of God. All and, right, Jan. Um, you know, I think that you're, that the church being the church and doing what uh, the Lord will do through us, it matters. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. Can I uh, give you this verse here? Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And that's just the beginning of this great passage here. But I think when we are trying to answer how do we be thankful in a a time where there is so much tragedy and difficulty and be thankful maybe even in our own lives, this is one of the ways to do it, to recognize that we really are God's chosen people. I mean, do you believe that? That God has called you into something important. Uh, Some translations will say elected. Elected always means elected to serve, right? We just had an election, and when you elected those people, theoretically, what they're there to do is to be elected to serve. And uh, that's the idea, is that it's public service is what it's called. It doesn't always turn out that way because it turns out to be self-service, right? Um, But that's not what it's supposed to be. And for us as the church, sometimes it turns into self-service. We are really good at building churches for churched people, and building churches that church people enjoy. But we need to realize that our ministry needs to be for people who are both churched but also unchurched. We need to have a ministry that helps uh, unsaved people come to know the Lord and to do that. i got to take a break. We'll be back as Southern California Live continues. The number is 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrell. I'll be back as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be with you today. We're asking how do we be thankful in a time that is difficult or strange, and we are talking about revival in the church, ultimately, that we should be thankful that we are living at this time. We should be thankful that we're alive at this time because God wants to use us. 
with the people that he's placed in our life. You know, maybe there's going to be a time, I think, of great revival in our nation. I think that's definitely possible. Maybe all the craziness we're going through is going to lead people to their knees ultimately and face the Lord that we haven't a way in a way that we haven't done for more than a hundred years. But at the same time, maybe it's going to be just something that happens in our own relational worlds, not something that the history books would write about, but something that's going to happen with the people that God has placed in our relational world. 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, Irene in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, this is Irene. Hi, Irene. And I, hi. I was just calling to say that, you know, I have um, a lot of pain in my legs and it's bone on bone, and it has been for a while, but I'm thankful to God that I'm still able to walk. I thank him because when I get up in the morning, I can take a deep breath and I can breathe, and I know who I am and for maintaining my sanity. I'm grateful to God, and I'm very thankful for all that he's done, all he's doing, and all he's going to do. So I thank God for that, and I also thank him that I'm able to show some human kindness to someone that may be less fortunate than I am. Uh, Irene, thank you for sharing that. It's such a great uh, testimony, and I'm glad that you are able to get up every day and to walk. And you said something interesting there. You said, I know who I am. And I think that is a big part of what we need to realize we are as believers. I feel like we doubt it sometimes. We talked about this at the earlier part of this hour is that I think sometimes we don't believe we're the salt and the light. When Jesus calls us salt and light, do you believe Jesus? So much of our time is spent talking about how we believe in Jesus, but do you believe Jesus? In uh, Do you believe his word? In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, we read this before the break. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We talked about what it means to be called to serve in our chosenness. We're also holy and dearly loved. It says, you believe that, that you are holy and dearly loved? Holy, it means possessing certain divine qualities set apart, okay? You have the Holy Spirit. As a believer, you you do. And the Holy Spirit is not the force. I think sometimes people think, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit, I don't have the force. It's not the force, okay? The Holy Spirit is the person of God present with you and that you don't have to fear the evil one. You don't have to fear anything that might come upon you because you did what the Lord wants you to do. You're going to have the strength of God with you. And you're going to have the gifts, however the Holy Spirit has gifted you. Not everybody has the same gifts. We're all used in different ways. But, you know, I think it's something important to realize that the the mission that we have to make disciples is something that is given to us, not on our own, but something that we have with God. It's called the Great Commission, right? Go and make disciples of all nations. It's a co-mission. You do it with the Lord. And you are not on your own. You have the fruit of the Spirit in your life And what that means is that God is working with you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Supernaturally, he's working with you to develop in those areas. See, and you're dearly loved. You're adopted into God's family, dearly loved and cared for and guided. And we need to listen to that guidance. And then he tells us to do something. He tells us to clothe ourselves All right, this is what this verse tells us to do. Clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is a big piece here, I think. 
how do we be thankful in a world that is upside down, a world that has gone crazy where there's so much tragedy or disbelief, confusing things? The way we are to be thankful is we, number one, we're thankful in all circumstances, but we take a look at who we are. And we are people who have the Holy Spirit who can clothe ourselves. You know, the idea of clothing yourself, it's how you present yourself. Do you ever hear somebody give that statement, you dress for the job you want, not the job you have? You know, that's why I'm dressed like Batman most of the time. No, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> you, you know, you, there's a reason the way you clothe yourselves in certain ways, right? And it says something about you, how you dress. All right, it says something about you when you go to work or you go somewhere if you're dressed correctly. You can be overdressed or you can be underdressed. And now they give you all these things. You, know, you get an invitation to go somewhere and it's casual, it's business casual, it's formal, formal, semi-formal. I got an invitation one time and said, snappy casual. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know what snappy casual is. What does that mean? You know, I, so I decided to go dress like soupy sales. But uh, <laughs> uh, snappy casual, what does that mean? It's hard to figure out sometimes, but you do want to get it right. And it's something that you should be conscious about, right? It matters. Are you conscious about what you are putting on spiritually, about what you're clothing yourselves in? Here we're told to clothe ourselves in compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. See, this is how we present ourselves to the world as believers, as representatives of Christ and his kingdom. I think when we're doing that, number one, you can give thanks that we have an instruction here for how we are to present ourselves. And number two, give thanks that you don't have to do it by yourself. you got the Holy Spirit to help you with that. If you want to join our conversation, this is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. Oscar in San Gabriel, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, Good afternoon, brother. Scott Furrow. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. I have a question for you. I mean, I've been helping the Israelis over there in Israel. I mean, I remember when in the Bible, Paul said goodbye to the apostles. and said, uh, the apostles said to Paul, never forget the poor here in Israel. So from there on, I mean, it's been always in my heart. But mainly I've been thinking about it. I mean, you know how they say that they, they have money, that they own, they own a whole bunch of stuff and business and banks and stuff. I'm like, because there's uh, programs like Eagles of Wings or other ones. I have them at home, I can remember, but I help them like with money, you know, boxes of food for the uh, uh, Ukraine and uh, the Israelis that are in Ukraine. But uh, how, how honest do you think this is? I mean, because I mean, I hear they like uh, showering money. I mean, these Israeli people, right? But I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I follow what God said, you know, that we, we love them and bless them. And I think it, if, if with money, we can help them, you know, well, so, okay, uh, that too, right? But what can you tell me about that? I mean, because, you know, there might be something that is not uh, real, you know? So I wanted to hear from you if you could tell me, because I think a lot of us do here in the States, uh, they advertise they, uh, uh, like 99.5 and uh, other uh, sponsors, sponsors here in the, in the United States uh, help them too. I forgot his show. He comes in the Saturday at 4 p.m. in uh Forty, but just wanted to uh, hear from you. Uh, what, what can you tell me about that? I mean, I feel you mean about ministries uh, that that uh, serve uh, Israelis around the world or Jewish people around the world. No, it's, it's Jewish people from over there, and they have eagles of wings. And uh, I don't know if you're a little familiar with that. And uh, but uh, it's organizations that say that we can help them with a box of food. And there's a girl that comes out there taking 
vegetables to the uh, Ukrainian, the Israelis and Ukrainian, but they, they look like very poor. But, you know, sometimes people know how to do those uh, uh, attractions. So like you're wondering if those are if those ministries are legit. Yeah, but, yeah, because, I mean, I hear Israelis are showering money. I mean, like, you know, well, you know, you know, Os- yeah, Oscar, uh, thank you for, for that. And I'll answer your, your question here. You know, there's a lot being said kind of today that is, uh, you know, just not true in the sense of what people say about Jewish people always having money or this and that. You know, there's a lot of Jewish people in, in powerful positions for, for different reasons, but there are, you know, we're living in a time where the rise of anti-Semitism is huge, and Jewish people around the world have been persecuted in very significant ways, particularly in uh, Russia, Eastern Europe, and uh, some of these countries. So I think that what you should do with these ministries, number one, you need to trust that there are people who need your help, and there's different ethnic groups, and there's different groups that people can, you know, support. Um, You're right to wonder whether or not, you know, any group you can wonder if they're legit or not. There's some great resources out there. Charity Navigator is one of them, and what they do is they, you know, nonprofits will submit financials and other paperwork to them to demonstrate how they use the money and they'll they'll rate your nonprofit. So if you're ever worried about that, um you should check that out. But I, I think that you should not, you know I th- I think that when, when people make comments about, you know, and that's been in the news a lot recently about powerful Jewish people or things like that, that don't let that distract you at all from the fact that there are a great number of people who need help and that anti-Semitism uh, is a a really big deal and it's growing. And we need to love people uh, through that. I think it matters. You know, there is, uh, and I think when we, when we even think about that, that anti-Semitism is growing, I think that it's another indication of the breaking apart of our, our world. So many different things. Here's what the scriptures say in the Colossians passage, and we'll finish out the hour with this. Uh, Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, remember how we're all one church, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, right here, letting Christ rule in our hearts, giving thanks for the presence of God, confessing our sins one to another and working together as one church. This is where revival happens. This is a a place where we can be thankful. This is our starting place. Let Christ rule in your heart. And if Christ rules in your heart, then you have everything to be thankful for. And you'll know that you are right where God wants you to be. And the people in your life are who are are there so that you can share Christ with them. I got to take a break. We'll be back for the second hour of Southern California Live in just a moment. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.